Relevant content for our members by our members. This is TMC Connect. Oh, that's you? Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Host duties, production, maybe even throw something in the chat. Who knows? What is that, uh, Tom, over your right shoulder? It looks like, wal- is that a walrus tusk thing or something? Walrus tusk. This, uh, this guy? That's the no, lamb. Come, come toward the computer a little bit. I just see two white things. This here. Yeah. What is that? That is just the light reflection. That is a growler, actually, from one of our partners at Snapdocs. I want to say it was from their event uh, back in San Diego when we were there for NBA Annual back in 21. I got to, you know, support the brands of my partner network for some uh, some free advertising. There you go. But, you know, should I have gotten a, uh, a bigger TMC logo put on here? I don't think it's pronounced enough. <laughs> is your is your lamp um stay on there the entire year or is it seasonal you know in other parts of the country it'd be seasonal but uh here in ohio you pay homage to the the uh the christmas story house which is about 20 minutes from me so it, it stays up year round odd times well shall we kick it off right Tom? Why not? Well, on that note, welcome everybody in. Happy Friday, latest edition of The Rundown. I'm Tom Gallucci with the Mortgage Collaborative. As always, joined by our esteemed co-host, Rob Crispin, and special guest today, we've got Robbie Crispin in the house. Uh, Robbie, where are you at today? Literally in the house. <laughs> Literally in the house. That's right. in, the, in the house. That's where I am. <laughs> <laughs> And then uh, also joined as vice president of uh, secondary marketing with a uh, long time, actually one of the original TMC lender members, U.S. Mortgage Corporation, uh, hopefully recovered from our conference this week in, in San Diego, Iris Elwin. What's going on, Thank, Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. So, uh, speaking of that, Tom, how did, uh, how, how do you, how does, how, how do the inner, inner ranks of TMC feel that the event went? Yeah, great question to kick off with. I mean, we thought uh, conference was fantastic. Um, you know, level of collaboration is always strong there. I think when you create an agenda that's dictated by your members, it's always going to be timely and, and well-received. And, you know, this one is a little more intimate, pretty much like every industry event has been so far this year. So, honestly, <laughs> some of our... Intimate? Like intimate? intimate. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Intimate. That's like yep. saying, oh, it, like a, uh, you know, geriatric millennial, some kind of politically correct, incorrect phrase. Intimate? You know, I might go by that, but a geriatric millennial, that might be a pretty good description of me these days, honestly. Um, my goal, my goal is to work that into my commentaries opening paragraph next week. On just in Oh, honor please do. Oh, All right. I'm I'm honored. Uh, but no, I mean, like a lot of our longer term members felt that because in more recent conferences, as the co-op has grown, a lot of new faces in the mix. And, um, you know, I think because of the intimacy of the event, you know, even stronger conversations and um, a lot more engagement within the sessions and just really well received. A um, lot of strong energy coming out of the conference. And 
uh, really just enjoyed the the insights and so much, um, you know, just appreciative feedback from the membership. And my goodness, I'd be resolved if I didn't mention just how awesome our team is here at TMC. Uh, I mean, it went off without a hitch and it's really due to all their efforts in the lead up to this. So that was a great event. I, you know, Rob, you were there. You're all over the country this week. And uh, see, before I ask you your reflections at the conference, why don't you tell us where you're at today? I'm uh, back in Marin County after having left Palm Springs this morning around 5.40 a.m. Watching the, uh, went up there to meet some friends and watch some tennis and play some tennis. But back in Northern California, there's a break in the rain. But we're getting whacked. Molly won. Uh, with uh, <laughs> with rain and snow out out here out out in these parts, what was what was your takeaway from watching pro tennis? The biggest difference between amateur game and the pro game? Consistency. I can consistently hit, I can consistently hit it into the net and hit it out of bounds. The service speed <laughs> a little quicker. <laughs> Robbie, I mean, you you play tennis. What 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 do you think is the biggest? Well, difference? I had I had heard that the the speed of their serves and the speed of their baseline hits was what really jumped out. I'm wondering if you could corroborate that. So the serves, because they have a clock on them, range for the men 135 to 140 miles an hour. First serves it was crazy, uh, and to be able to return that serve and then volley. Uh, I think is amazing, but once they start volleying, volleying, it's very consistent. And uh, coincidentally, I I actually thought uh, when you talk about consistency, the fact that the commentary goes out six days a week, rain or shine is very consistent. I think that says a lot that they are able to hit it as hard as they can consistently in. I mean, you or I could whack at the ball and have it go wherever, but, but, you know, Hour after hour, I think uh, uh, Murray's match yesterday was over three hours to to put in that kind of concentration and that kind of uh, physical pounding. You know, that's that's really tough. But yeah, some of their, you know, some of their athletic shots are really cool. But just to be able to do that shot after shot after shot, and and when they miss shots, oftentimes it's only by a few inches. So there you go. Ira, where yeah, are I mean, you? Watch- yeah, well, I'll comment on the tennis first. So anyone that has never been to a live tennis event, um, you'd be surprised at how enjoyable it is. The power and the speed is the most fascinating thing to me um, in New York. Same with the, putting on my commentary. Of course, you know, that power and speed every time at 9 a.m. Um, you know, U.S. Open in, the, in, in New York is a great event. Um, you could just walk the grounds all day and watch some amateur matches as well as the pro matches. It's just fascinating. But um, as far as the the event this weekend, um, I, you know, it was a little more intimate, but I think that brought out um, some extra collaboration, at least, you know, as a lender member, that's the way I felt. Um, everyone, again, extremely open to sharing ideas, sharing their thoughts. Um, you know, the, the tone of the conference I felt was you know, we're in this environment, everyone's dealing with the, with the same, you know, environment. So let's just focus on getting the, the most out of what we have, whether it be technology advances, um, procedurally, um, you know, cutting costs, but regardless of everything that's going on, just focus on, on getting it leaner, 
and meaner and and really um, improving processes. And I thought that was um, the biggest takeaway from my side as a lender member. Ira, I got to ask, uh, a lot of folks who, who, who are in the mortgage business, they can afford uh, an entire headset with, with two um, two sides. You, yeah. you're, you're using one. Mm-hmm. What, what's the why? Well, I think on the side, you know, I work as a phone operator. So in case everyone dials zero, I have to direct some calls. Um, and yeah, I have to actually like pull the plug and plug it into that's even before my time. Sorry. Um, and this B. is actually, this is actually from my wife's old office. So it, um, I actually didn't pay anything for it. So um, I, I, you know, I just took what I could get. Well, good to have a side hustle lined up, Ira, too. Yeah, I agree. Uh, you know, with with regard to the collaboration and so forth, the uh, once again, I'm not, I, I'm not a lender member or a vendor member, but you know, just kind of out there like Switzerland, and I think the the camaraderie and the the conversation very very important uh, because as the industry condenses and, and as other some companies buy other companies or as banks get shut down or whatever, uh, the overcapacity will sort itself out at some point. But a lot of companies are out there just trying to grind it out day after day, and, and loan officers, you know, uh, you know make so many phone calls and get so many leads and then so many of those close and so many, you know, yada, 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 it's a numbers game, but, um, the, the cooperation in general, I think is, is continues to be very good with the TMC events. Yeah. And, you know, speaking of the content, I mean, the live rundown on Tuesday, obviously, you know, the, the elephant in the room, everybody wanted to know about was, how good was the movie Cocaine Bear? And, you know, appreciate you and, and Tracy King at Partners Credit really uh, giving us a deep dive. I think Ira had a uh, a burning question for Abby out there uh, related to that as we came in today. So I'll let you ask it of him. Yeah, I mean, you know, it, it was it seemed to be uh, the question on everyone's mind at the events. Um, and people are coming up to me saying, you know, I heard you're going to be on the show on Friday. So we want someone else's opinion. and. Um, so, Robbie, have you seen Cocaine Bear? Uh, the short answer is no. The longer answer would be I couldn't think of a worse use of my time. Is it? Is it one of the Oscar, Oscar Award <laughs> no, nominees for this weekend? Sunday, we'll find out if Cocaine Bear sweeps the Oscars, yeah? It could be. I have to check the lineup. Well, sorry, I should ask you, was, would you enjoy it? Would you recommend it to people? I personally I have seen my parents have seen it. They loved it. Oh, who's, who loved it? My parents. My parents are in their 60s and 70s and went out and saw it. And they, you know, they thought it was an action thriller the entire time. So take that for what you will, folks. <laughs> oh, boy. Better show them well, a uh, ter- Terminator movie. Action right? thriller. Well, on that note, why don't we uh, we get into it? We spent 10 minutes talking about uh, the TMC conference and Cocaine Bear. There was some news that took place this week. So, you know, Rob, the guys, Ira, Robbie, we've got uh, some great secondary cap markets, uh, you know, heads with us today. 
what uh, what's your guys' take on kind of the economic update, latest uh, unemployment numbers, and uh, the rate environment? Because we never talk about that on the show. So, I want I want to put Ira on the spot, being a seasoned capital markets veteran. Ira, sure, sure. So you know everyone's what, looking. No, no, no. Let me ask the question first, Ira. Uh oh. <laughs> I know you 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 think you know what I'm going to ask, but give me a second here. So throughout my career. Don't fight the Fed is a common phrase. Don't fight the Fed. Jerome Powell comes out and testifies that rates could go higher, talking about a 50%. Like there we have the, the, the chairman of the Federal Reserve actually throwing a number out there, and the market reacts. And then suddenly, the end of this week, well, you know what? We don't think Jerome Powell, I mean, we don't, we don't agree. And the bond market downshifts, rates drop. It's crazy. So tell tell the tell the folks at home what give give them some inside baseball here in terms of what's going on and why that's happening. Yeah, I mean, there's a couple of different opinions. Um, you know, just to back up a little bit. So overnight, um, there was a, a late bond market rally um, due to the uh, Silicon Valley Bank. Um, news and in case anyone hasn't heard Silicon Valley Bank which I think it's one of the you know second biggest um, bank failure uh, officially failed today and is being taken over and we saw bond market Riley last night over that news so you know prior to that news even coming to the wires um, people were sort of looking to the unemployment numbers and the payroll numbers this morning so unemployment crept up a little bit um, employment numbers on the um, payroll numbers came in stronger than expected so when we had that positive bond market reaction after you know that improved payroll number where on the normal day you may have seen the bonds the bond market sell off a little bit you know it's really based on that silicon valley bank failure um and there's a little bit of hesitation on you know um the, the 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 flight safety and and things of that nature but with all that being said after all said and done the focus is really on the cpi number next week and i think that's going to be the one um, that's going to give us further guidance on 25 basis point hike a 50 basis point hike but it's interesting to see the percentage um the odds percentage shift from 50 basis points to 25 basis points almost overnight um and that's despite what Jerome Powell said, despite what Jerome Powell said. Um, and I think that that bank failure had a, had a lot to do with that as well. Robbie, what do you think? I'm almost laughing at the irony of it seems like the markets and the, the Fed have been playing this game of chicken for a while. The Fed was going, take us seriously, take us seriously. And markets inability to listen to the Fed has almost been a self-fulfilling prophecy for the Fed to say, well, you know what? We have to go above and beyond now so that you do take us seriously. Unfortunately, there's there's a lot of volatility out there. And, and until the Fed makes a decision on the 22nd of 25 or 50, and then possibly provide some more clarity on what the terminal Fed funds rate will be, look for that volatility to persist. It's, it's a tough time out there, I know. It's a very tough time if you are a capital markets person trying to hedge a pipeline and the you know, on the one hand, we started off the year, rates were coming down. Everybody was saying, oh, we, you know, they were breathing a sigh of relief. 
the, the worst is beyond, you know, behind us and, uh, you know, unicorns and rainbows and, and, and gnomes prancing around in gardens. And then we had a speed bump, rates go up, and suddenly people who were had stopped looking for buyers of their company started looking for buyers of their companies again, saying, oh, gosh, it's not going to be a great summer. And then we get this volatility. And like I said, you know, capital markets folks, they like steady markets, but they like gradually, they're okay with gradually increasing rate environments or gradually decreasing rate environments. It's when you get this volatility and loan officers and account executives are calling for, you know, a few days ago, they were probably calling for, you know, rate lock extensions. And now they're probably calling for renegotiations. And it's a very difficult environment to hedge in. It drives up hedge costs and drives down profits of, of anybody in residential lending, given this rate environment. So it's, it's, it's tough. I, I think that the Fed, what, what I find amusing, and then Tom, I'll turn it back to you, but what I find amusing is when people always say, not, sorry, sorry, Ira, I'm not going to kick you in the shin here too much, but there's always going to be a data point in the future whether it's CPI or PPI or, you know, and as the data comes out and suddenly somebody on Bloomberg or CNBC will like, wow, you know, grab headlines by saying, oh, the Fed is data dependent. The Fed is waiting for more data. Well, the Fed is always waiting for more data. The Fed is always incorporating new data into their decision-making. And should things change, I think the Fed, Federal Reserve and the FOMC is nimble enough to react to it. So, it's 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 too bad that it's almost as if we've moved away. I mean, we we put so much reliance on the Federal Reserve to determine where interest rates are going to go. It's it's kind of I don't know puts a lot of pressure on them that maybe shouldn't be there. But anyway, I get off my soapbox for a minute. And Tom, come back to, to come back to you. No, I just just to, just to interject there. You know, it, at the same time, you know, what tools do they really have available right now? Um, and to, not to, really to raise only rates. <clears throat> yeah, pretty much they're doing it right. Or they could start selling their securities and drive down prices, drive up rates. But uh, yeah, this is pretty much what they've got up their sleeve. Well, you're watching the rundown here. Happy Friday. We've got Rob Christman as always, Robbie Christman in the house, and Ira Selwyn with U.S. Mortgage Corporation joining us today. And Robbie, a burning question out there just blowing up in the chat is, in spite of, uh, you know, maybe a need of a window washing, is that really your background or is that a uh, picturesque silhouette? Yeah, this is this what I'm looking at here. Look at this. Look at this. It's a beautiful, beautiful <laughs> place, beautiful space to be. Nothing better than this. What more could you want? Well, there you, well, th there you go. Next time you join us, you have to show the other side of that so we can see the uh, the progression of your house coming together here. There you go. So, so Robbie, your your fingers on the pulse of something near and dear to a lot of people on this call, and that is, you know, if you are remodeling or having work done on your house, is there is there a labor shortage or prices going up? What's going on out there in terms of that area? Well, certainly prices are going up or have gone up, but I would say in terms of a labor shortage, I think I think contractors out there, laborers out there are seeing a shift from, hey, we have a ton of work, we're booked out for a long time to people are scared about an incoming recession potentially. 
projects are slowing down. And, and so we're seeing some of these contractors free up in terms of what their future looks like. It, it's, uh, it's a good bellwether for the economy, in my opinion. There was an interesting anecdote from um, Jerry Howard at the uh, conference who did mention that he saw a lot of VC venture capital money going into renovation companies, which I did find interesting. Um, you know, I guess with the lack of inventory, um, you know, that that's really any, the only choice at this point, with the lack of new builds. Yeah, without question. And uh, also among the highlights this week, got the, uh, the Black Knight ICE acquisition update. Uh, in real time, had a chance to uh, allow Sean Dugan from Black Knight speak on that on the front end of Tuesday's rundown at the conference, but assuming there's at least some of you in the audience that weren't there to join us. So basically the high level of the update, Constellation Mortgage Solution or Solutions it would come in to uh, acquire the Empower LOS suite. Uh, as well as some of Black Knight's proprietary origination technology, like their uh, AVA artificial intelligence exchange platform and others. Uh, and then you would have some of their acquired assets go over to ICE, for example, Optimal Blue, Top of Mind Surefire and others. And uh, that, that's all, you know, pending that the FTC does approve such a deal. And as expected, the FTC turned right around within 24 hours and went and sued to block the acquisition with a, uh, a unanimous 4-0 vote on the complaints. And so now we wait and uh, gentlemen, welcome any conjecture here as to uh, what should the deal go through? It means for our industry and then, you know, any straw pulling out there as to whether you think it will. I'll, I'm going to turn this over to Ira. It's, it's uh, way above my pay grade to figure out legal maneuvers like that. Yeah, I'm surprised you think uh, this is in my wheelhouse, but um, it, it is interesting. Um, like you said, it was expected that um, you know this was going to happen, but it, it's going to be very interesting to see how this shakes out. Um, as you know, we use some of Black Knight's um, products. Um, I don't know how other users may feel about the merger, about um, you know possible the software being sold off. And uh, if you're a user of that software, I don't know how you would feel. You know, you're, you're sort of in the middle as a bargaining chip. Um, but I, I see both sides of it. Um, there's some pros, there's some cons. I just don't personally, I, I see too much um, against this acquisition. And I can't, I can't envision a way this gets approved unless, unless I, I'm going crazy, which is possible. No. <laughs> Well, well, lawyer I will judge on that, but it, <laughs> that was kind of the uh, the common uh, anecdotal conjecture in, in San Diego uh, as that announcement came out over the day. And somebody who's heavily ingrained in kind of the third party space and supporting our 70 plus best in class partners here at TMC. I mean, you know, two things I, I think that come out of it, should it go through is. You, know, you could largely expect a lot more consolidation to take place in the third-party community, especially on the tech side of things. And you know, some may have their hand out to ICE looking uh, to get gobbled up, and others may look to align together to create a suite of solutions to combat that. And I think potentially further down the line, it creates opportunity in the space for for new innovation and for new players to uh, arise. You know, anywhere along the origination process and 
It's kind of the cyclical nature of things. I Rob? can't I can't quite see because of the sun, but it looked like Dottie raised a had a comment that might shed some light on this or might be informative. Can you maybe read I would that? Be more than happy. And thank you, Dottie, for the comment. So FYI, Constellation already owns Emphasis, a system used by many housing agencies. My hope is that if the marriage occurs, we will have an effective LOS system for FA or HFA loans. See, that shows how much I know. I, I wouldn't think that HFA loans operate or have a different system, but what do I yeah. know? And Tom Lamolfa also in the uh, chat mentioned just due to some of the surveying he does of industry leaders periodically throughout the year that uh, the you know deal wasn't favored through the, the folks he pulled at the NBA convention last fall. Was not they weren't were not in favor. Correct. We're not. Uh, is that what Tom said? That's correct. Yeah. And keep yeah, in mind, think- Constellation is also the owner of Mortgage Builder, too. So there is already an LOS under that umbrella. So you know, a whole another layer of interesting happenings at play should this deal proceed through to closing. It, you know, what t- taking a step back for a minute, it it highlights the fact that we as an industry, basically, everyone's out there just trying to help borrowers. You know, we're just trying to help borrowers either refinance if they need some cash out at this point or buy a home. And there's all these things swirling around whether it's the cost of credit, you know, going up or, you know, legal things going on or, you know, deals that are being put together or not being put together, pieces spun off. I mean, there are all these things that are going around that, uh, and I realize that they always go on, but, uh, you know, the industry is not having a great time right now. In fact, it's, it's arguably a very, very tough time. There's still overcapacity out there. And a lot of, companies and originators are just trying to help borrowers yet we have to worry about all of these other all this i won't noise is too crass of a term but you know stuff that's going on that doesn't may it may not directly help loan officers help borrowers maybe it will maybe i'm maybe i'm getting old and jaded but it seems like you know a lot of originators that i talk to they just want to do their jobs you know, and they want the software to be able to help their borrowers and, and get on with their lives. So I don't know. Robbie, I've got a question for you. you, um, you know all my thoughts on this? Is it on the same subject? No, but do you, do you have thoughts on this? Um, yeah. I, I remember thinking at the time that this deal was announced at 11 or $12 billion messaging with, with you and some other capital markets folks and going, you're telling me Black Knight is valued at three times what Forbes values the New York Yankees at, you know, these sports franchises that are multinational corporations, $4 billion, Black Knight's worth three times that. I'm almost thinking if I'm ICE and this gets shut down, look at how asset values in the mortgage industry or the, the value of companies have dropped since that was announced. It'd be nice if there was a little backdoor for them to get out. And my exact pay grade probably says there's a conflict of interest and I shouldn't comment on this deal. But uh, if I'm ICE, I'm thinking, God, you know, it'd be nice to pay a lot less for for Black Knight based on what's happened transpired over the last year. Yeah, uh, and Robbie, to that point, I mean, you saw in the updated press release that the acquisition amount was brought down from, I mean, not 
you know, probably in retrospect to what the market has done to tech valuations over the last six months, but down from 13.1 to 11.7 billion. So, you know, already kind of seeing a little bit of that taking place. What was the, what was the question you were going to ask me? Well, sorry, Tom, I got, I got to say, so Robbie works for MCT. I know MCT is not a, a vendor partner of, of the, of, let's see, how many, how many acronyms can I get in here? MCT is not a, a partner with uh, TMC, but in fact, TMC, CMT, anyway. Um, but, but Robbie, I mean, you, you, you work for a vendor out there is what, I mean, what is the, I know what the mood is like in the, on the origination side, you know, things are, things are somewhat grim. They're not, catastrophic but you know people are buckling down and it's you know grinding it out what's it like on the vendor side of things what uh what's mct up to in terms of uh, you you broke up a little bit there but i i would say that i'm happy to have a job and i think i think my colleagues are also happy to still have jobs the I got I got a note this morning from the CMO or former CMO of a, a podcast sponsor of mine saying we just laid off the entire marketing division. The entire marketing division got laid off today, and we announced cuts for twenty percent of our company. Uh, it's really rough. So, like I said, I'm happy to have a job. The there is some chatter out there that the first quarter of this year could be the low point in terms of originations, as as the traditional spring and summer home buying season picks things back up. But I think I think it's all about weathering the storm, both for originators and vendors out there. Uh, and I mean, you would have thought that that there was enough time to to figure out how you wanted to scale your costs. You knew this was coming, but it's still it's still as good as the if you think about a market cycle, as good as 2020 and 2021 were, you could argue they were the best years ever. There's a flip side of that cycle, which would then mean these could potentially be the worst years ever. Hopefully it doesn't come to that, but but that is uh, a realistic chance. Robbie, thanks for that doom and gloom yeah, scenario. Sure. You're all watching the rundown today with uh, <laughs> Robbie Christman. <laughs> Much better hairline than uh, Rob Christman and Iris yeah. Elwood, US mortgage card. Go ahead, Rob. I used, uh, I was thinking about what condition I used this morning, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> the it you know the industry basically did five years worth of refis in two years, right? And so they crammed we as an industry crammed a lot of business into those two years, and now uh, we're paying the price to some extent. So I think everybody who was involved in the industry during those years realized, wow, this is incredible. We're not going to see this again. And getting back to how this bank failure has helped the bond market. My first boss would always say, you know, bad news helps us. Bad news helps us. You know, bad news drives rates down. And people would ask me, do you what are rates going to go back into the twos or threes or fours? And I say, well, what kind of bad news do you want to get us back down there? Do you want and enough bad news to send Rob uh, packing <laughs> for the hills? <laughs> So we'll carry on here. Um, some great comments in the chat here. 
nice plug of one of our partners with Meridian Link is uh, a load origination software alternative. And, oh, and right on cue, Rob back and then a different pain. And in, in my view, I don't know about you guys, Ira and Robbie, but good to see you go from top left to bottom right. You're on you, my friend. <laughs> some some would say that's the best uh, best thing for me. I, I, what I'm saying is, you know, b- bad news. We don't want a lot of bad news to drive rates back down. And in fact, the economy continues to chug along. Anybody who's hoping for, you know, rates back in the threes to help their career, I think they're going to be sorely disappointed because they have to ask themselves, what's it going to take? to get rates back in the threes, a recession, a depression, another pandemic. Um, you know, we're just not there. So well, I'd argue too, is rates back in the threes really healthy for this industry for the long haul? Ooh, can you elaborate? <laughs> I was gonna, uh, that was my, my tee up for you, but I mean, you know, it leaves such little margin behind say, you know, if you do have a circumstance where like we talked about earlier in the discussion, the Fed is kind of at a point with limited tools in the arsenal. Um, you know, when you get back down to that zero benchmark, I, I think a lot of more seasoned originators out there on the call would be, hey, kids, figure out how to get it done. We had to, you know, originate loans to the tens and teens 20, 30 years ago. Start, you know, using the phone, start leveraging your real estate referral partners and pounding the pavement for business like it was done until the last five years where, you know, all you needed was a headset like Ira's got and uh, the refis would show up at your door. So Ira, not to uh, pry too much, but does U.S. Mortgage have servicing? We do. We have a small servicing book. Um, Thankfully, we had our... um... You know, we had our Fannie and Freddie approval in 2020 because, um, you know, that that saved us from from um, it saved quite a bit of money in 2020. You know, in especially in March, April, May, uh, when the aggregators and investors were really not paying for loans, it was nice to have um, that servicing book available. And now, looking back. You know, you would think, oh, it's nice to have the servicing book to look at refi opportunities, but now it's it's a true income stream. Um, uh, not include not only us. You look at you know the headlines of some of these uh, huge companies, the Loan Depots, the UWMs. That servicing book um, may have saved them from um, huge, huge losses. They're already incurring losses, but uh, without that servicing book, that would have been a even bigger number. Yeah, you know. <clears throat> the, the servicing income saved a lot of bacon. And, and when you start cutting into the meat of a company and, and in order to keep cash flow up or, or add money to the books and you start selling off the servicing at some point, you don't have the servicing to sell anymore. And uh, I don't know if we're quite there, but I continue to see flows of servicing packages across my desk, across my email desk. And, you know, I realize there's a reason to sell servicing Maybe you want to adjust your footprint. Maybe you need the money. Maybe you just don't want to deal with servicing anymore. Um, but it is a good income stream, and it and it did save a lot of companies. And I see a chat there. Something I couldn't quite read it, but it looked pertinent. Tom, what's the what 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 was just relayed in? We've been uh, we seem to be seeing mortgage zombie economics right now, and companies earning just enough to survive. 
Yeah. Well, on that note. <laughs> but, but, I mean, you don't do it uh, just in that commentary right there. I mean, we saw Lone Depot post revenue down 38% in the fourth quarter. Ira mentioned UWM, their numbers down uh, considerably. I guess that leads me to ask, Robbie, I'll throw it to you, who will be in a, a sports aficionado. Uh, how long is it until your dad's boy, Matt Ishbia, comes out from the ownership <laughs> box and gets on the sidelines and starts coaching the Suns? I think Matt Ishbia is going to earn enough from the new NBA TV uh, deal that's about to renew here to offset any losses in the wholesale channel. That's my two cents on it. Ira? Very yeah, no. My I mean, they listen. They are their uh, quarter four was fifty four percent of the wholesale market share. That's a that's a hefty number. Um, so even with those losses, you know, they're not everyone has experienced losses. So they're they're not um, you know immune to those, but they still are the big player in that space right now. Yeah, I wouldn't. As I've said before, Tom, I wouldn't bet against Matt. I wouldn't bet against Dan Gilbert. I wouldn't bet against someone like Steve Jacobson. The, the, the industry is filled with some really savvy, smart, pro-survival CEOs and owners. And uh, and they're smart. And they're crafty. And you know they're going to do what it takes to survive. But that said, I think you know, I would not be surprised if uh, we can talk and we can talk about this next Friday, but I would not be surprised if we hear about a, uh, you know, a big M&A next week or two. I think we'll continue to see those um, throughout 2023. Is that a uh, so. intentional teaser to the audience to keep an eye out on the commentary this coming week? Maybe. <laughs> you're, you're, you're referencing you're referencing the biggest players in the channel and that's that's probably not the concern for a lot of our audience here they're they're concerned about these independent mortgage banks that uwm was trying to cannibalize before any of this volume decline even started and so it's almost a you know, hang on hang on hang on and the companies that are able to make it to the the smallest bit of daylight are going to come out the other side stronger you know whether the storm what what are you hearing from people at, at the smaller imbs about what's going on especially if they don't have a, a servicing portfolio is that for me or for rob yeah for me i mean we're we're seeing a lot still hearing a lot of there's a ton of local m a that doesn't make the news headlines and you know recently the big one was cmg purchasing retail division of homebridge which was announced this week i think but we're still seeing a ton of local m a activity that you know i'm not going to hear maybe what happens to a maybe small to mid-sized lender in arizona um but here in the you know in the northeast almost weekly you're hearing of companies that are either selling or merging um or selling off their assets and you just you don't hear about it in the public eye because there's so many, but I I, I see it continuing um, no different than the big players that are going to make the headlines. Um, there's some people that just want to punch out. Um, there's some people that are lifers um, and there's some people that just can't make it, unfortunately. And um, that's the fallout from that. Ira, I'll meet you on a beach in Ziwat Neo. Okay. Uh, 
Did you ever see this? Shawshank Redemption. Jim Robbins. It's one yep. of my favorite movies, and it drives my wife crazy because every time it's on TV, I put it on TV, and um, drives her nuts. All she has to do is hear Morgan Freeman's voice, and she's like, "Again." <laughs> I'd like to have tell you, ever- you, Ira fought the good fight. <laughs> I, Ira, have you ever seen the comedic outtakes from uh, the Shawshank Redemption? You got to check that out on YouTube sometime. Uh, but. Uh, uh, actually, here's a little known fact that you may know that that end of the movie beach scene was not filmed in Zewadneo. There you go. There's your there's your movie trivia for the day. I agree 100. percent I I was googling this right now. Like end of where was end of Shawshank Redemption filmed? Uh, I agree 100 percent with what I was saying. You don't hear about deals. I had in my commentary today a little deal. Um, between a company, I think it was in Illinois and a company in Texas that, you know, some people may have heard of, others may not, but I think there'll be some bigger deals coming up. And, uh, uh, but you're right. The industry is still dealing with overcapacity and to Robbie's point or to Robbie's question, I think that, uh, you know, the, these folks who may, they don't want to go through another goat rodeo. And if you've got, if you had $10 million a year or two ago, and now you're down to $5 million in the company and you're an owner and you're, you know, 48 years old or 68 years old, it's like, gee, do I want to just find a, find a suitable, uh, acquire, acquire or merge or do something because I want to save my 5 million that I still have. Especially on top of that, some companies don't really have a true succession plan. So, you know, they, they don't have, the plan to make it out after all this and they just want to cash out. Yeah. Anyway, well, this is the doom and gloom edition of the rundown here <laughs> Friday. We're uh, <laughs> okay. into the end of today's discussion. Actually got some love out of the chat saying guys don't end on uh, all negatives here. The quick stat saying 63% of mortgages out there either have a two or three ish rate. Uh, you know, mortgage refi rally is not going to happen as most of the other 37% will qualify for a conventional prime rate, uh, credit score rate. So we'll add that to the fun. But yeah, we'll keep it light here to wrap up. Uh, obviously, big news this weekend, daylight savings for, what is it, 47, 48 states that still observe it. You're going to lose an hour on Saturday night, which uh, always pained me as I used to love when daylight savings would end in my younger days. It meant one extra hour at the bar before closing time. But no, uh, one of us has a special birthday coming up this week and it has some particular thoughts about daylight savings. Yeah. So uh, it is my birthday this weekend. Thank you. And uh, I, I, I truly did not know this weekend was daylight savings time, um, but I'm a little upset because I lose a day of my birthday, which seems unfair. Um, you know, I just, it's not right. Ira's mom just wrote in happy birthday. Ira. Uh, Robbie, uh, Robbie's got a birthday coming up on the 19th. So. Crazy season. Hey, I wanted to ask, do you think they filmed cocaine bear in Zuwat now? Is that a thing? <laughs> All right. On that note, maybe we should wrap things up. I mean, we could, we could, you could, we could really end. You were talking about, you know, losses, losses, but one, one, one um, set of uh, subset that is not experienced losing is the NFL quarterbacks. 
for sure. And they are definitely getting paid and not losing money. Yeah. When Daniel Dimes is getting 40 million a year, uh, guaranteed over four. Um, yeah. It's what? good to be a middle league quarterback right now. Makes me wonder, and I'm going to ask this of Robbie, just being a football guru in the Bay area. Could that spur this young gentleman to uh, make his way out of retirement one more time? <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, Who's glad that? You, I'm glad you went to me because my dad was about to drop a YA tittle or Roger Staubach reference. Guaranteed. Bart Starr. Bart Starr. He's coming, coming Star, back. Forget. Sonny Jurgensen. <laughs> yeah. I I think that. Uh, <laughs> YA tittle. <laughs> that was a good one. Tom's time is is done, and as much as I would love him to come back as a Raiders fan and take his talents to Las Vegas, I I, I think that your uh, the value of your rookie card there is is going to appreciate uh, is better off better off doing it this way where he stays retired. Sixty million, so sixty million dollars for someone like Rogers, or sixty million dollars a year for a franchise court is un unreal money. That's Matt Ishbia money. <laughs> Well, I'm taking offers on this in the uh, chat, but uh, yeah, I had to throw that out there and uh, and ode to uh, Mr. Swinsky this week here. So, gentlemen, as we wrap up today, any good weekend plans? Hopefully, Ira, you're doing something fun for your uh, 23 hour birthday on Sunday. Yeah, I'll be uh, attending a hockey game here, my uh, New Jersey Devils, as it's a tight race to the top as the NHL season uh, starts to approach playoff season. Um, Gonna be interesting. Wait, so, isn't it, isn't a hockey playoff season as long as the regular season? It is. It seems to go longer and longer and stretches some sometimes into the summer. Um, but it's an exciting yeah. time in the in the east, the eastern division of the NHL. So, looking forward to that. Robbie, what are you doing this weekend? Well, I was going to surprise you in Marin tomorrow, but you heard I'm coming and are likely spooked back to the comfortable confines of Reno, Nevada. So, so much for that plan. Yeah, I'm gonna. I'm gonna be playing some basketball tomorrow morning. Yeah, what's that? So I heard maybe Robbie shows up and uh, you know dominates uh, basketball tomorrow morning. Anyway, on that note, well, on that note, thank you as always. Join us on Fridays here. Have a great weekend, everyone, and join us next week for another edition of the Rundown. Ira, Robbie. Rob, as always, thank you guys for joining us and uh, see you next week. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. Take care. Bye. For more information about how you can get involved with TMC Connect and witness the power of the network firsthand, please visit us at mortgagecollaborative.com.